Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. Uh, space today. Yeah, Dave. I thought I'd talk about all that emptiness inside my head. <laughs> oh, God, this it, is going to take all day. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> Maybe run into tomorrow. <laughs> no, I just keep hearing a lot of, I, I call it fun, mm-hmm. because it's intriguing. And a lot of the fun that I'm about to talk about, you know, I could also... Um, come up with things to ideas that could like uh, debunk the fun is, is this but some conspiracy type stuff is some that, of it yeah. usually mm-hmm. is but some of it is is due to some facts that makes it interesting okay. so i always hear things about of course we've talked about flat earth we talked about space we talked about the moon so here's an example like let's talk about the moon real quick so okay. there's 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 conspiracy theory, theorists out there that say that we've never even went to the moon mm-hmm and I got to tell you, sometimes it makes some sense. <laughs> As uh, what would be an example of, well, of one of their claims? Well, like, um, you know, like they talk about uh, how do they get certain things that are there? Like, I, I think, like, I think this is one of them that they've discussed, but did they really prove it? I don't know. Like the buggy that's up there, there's the size of a small, like a Honda Civic. Yeah. Yeah. The car that you yeah. see the astronauts flinging space dust right. everywhere. Right. So I've seen a video of how they fold it up and comes out. I'm like, oh. yeah, is that right, though? I don't know. It just seems awfully large. And then mm-hmm. here's the other thing. Where's all the junk that they brought up there? They didn't bring it back with them. All the junk? Well, the car. Yeah. Is it still there? Is it, I think it is. So why can't we see the, it? Because producer it go to the e? dark side of the moon. So producer E is here. He can look stuff up for us. Well, why don't you... We'll uh, I, I want to I see some pictures of that buggy. You right. said that, it, that they said... It was foldable? Right. Like it was like a transformer. It came out the side of the the craft and it folded out and did all this stuff. I'm like, huh. So so there's the buggy. Okay. They came out of that craft. <laughs> <laughs> they came out of that lander. So as we were seeing the, the is that what you call it? The lander? It's a moon lander. The yeah. moon lander. Mm-hmm. And, and it has this, it's a go-kart size, you know, like one of those wrapped, what do you call those? Those. Razors, you know, that they, they could sell these days. Mm-hmm. But it's not the size of a Civic necessarily, but maybe, you know, it's pretty large. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like, well, how did that get up there? Well, pretty sure that lander is pretty full of stuff, not a lot of hollow spaces. You know, if you ever seen the inside, which I have seen mm-hmm. some pictures of the inside of, of those uh, ships to get them there is very compact and cramped. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, that's a good argument. That, that's a, yeah, because that's an interesting one. I've not heard that, and I never really even thought about, well, you know, where, how did that thing fit onto well, the... Well, if you Google it, you might be able to say, how did the, just Google how the buggy fit in, and they mm-hmm. showed, now mind you, they didn't show how it came in and out, but they showed, you know, I think it was an animation of how it oh, came in and gotcha. out. Oh, so gotcha. like, well, that's not good enough for me. Oh. So, you know, and, and then the fun part of, well, did they bring it back? Because what are, where are the things that they may have taken there? Because I think it was more cramped on the way back. My my guess is that, yeah, they probably did not. Because what what would be the point? It was entirely designed to be driven around on the moon. Right. Why would you bring it back? In fact, you're going to have all these artifacts to bring back to Earth. Uh, right. I believe that they did bring back a bunch right. of stuff. So, so I guess that would make sense. But, yeah, I am kind of curious on how they... So that's one of the conspiracy things. That's one of, the, one of what they utilize the, to... To make it seem like it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Okay. So there's an interesting picture Ethan brought up. Yeah. Um, those of you who are just listening, you can catch the show on YouTube or Rumble or Spotify, and we'll have 
pictures up for you. So this actually shows it looks like they're about ready to um, insert it into the the, the lander. lander. Mm-hmm. So this is one that it was kind of fun to look into because I'm like, ooh, that's kind of that's kind of a, a good point. And mm-hmm. then and then and then people have amazing telescopes in their in their homes these days mm-hmm. where they can see a lot of detail on the moon. Pretty sure that they didn't go over to the dark side mm-hmm. of the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so so where in fact is it? Could we be able to see it? Why haven't we seen it? You know, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know some other topics of was also i don't know i don't know if i'm jumping too far here or fast but they're talking about the moon emits its own light oh <laughs> yes okay go ahead so <laughs> that one's one i really can't uh jump on to mm-hmm. because yeah because the moon is is reflecting back from what you know the sun is providing that's what we're told <laughs> wink wink huh uh-huh. so this is the one that i was really getting into but i also know that there's they've had these videos of of people getting on the moon and they found out that oh these are actually in these are staged and they were actually staged but was this actually footage that they claimed was from the moon Mm -hmm. but damn it it looks just like it It looks like part of it so you know you add that up you're like well what the heck is going on well and in some of these cases you're just looking at you you insert a little seed of doubt and now there can be that thing can grow into something major because if you think about like the pictures that you're talking about or the video that you're talking about it's like if some of it was done on a on a stage a sound stage even if it was just for um like promotional material trying to get people excited about it or actually i don't know in, in some cases testing out equipment or whatever and if that were used in a, like a documentary to show that this thing actually happened then I can understand how people could go, oh, but that part wasn't real. Right. So I, here, here's, I think, where, where it could make sense to people. Okay. We were in a, in a race to space, to the moon. I think Russia was involved. Yep. And so everybody wanted to be first. Yep. So the claim kind of is, is that to be first, we went and we videoed it in a stage mm-hmm. and, and to show that we were first, we were there. Mm-hmm. I think it's I've heard that possible. one. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a reason, and um, so you know there there's a there's plenty to other things out there to identify. So here's the other thing, and this is from NASA, I believe, and even Forbes, I think, even touched on it. How come we haven't gone back? Mm-hmm. Well, you look it up a ton of times. They say we've lost the technology. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Part. Well, that, yeah, I believe that was a quote from NASA. You could look it up. I could have it off, but who cares? They're off too. So, um, and I think it was even Forbes. That were, they talk about we've lost the technology. The scientists are obsolete. You know that. I'm like, wait a minute, no. And and mm-hmm. here's here's a the fun things that really get you to think about it. Like, there's a little meme, mm-hmm. and it shows the picture of might have even been a road runner. I, I can't remember the car. There we go. It was in 1969, we went to the moon, they show this, this beat-up, dilapidated car, <laughs> and then they show this amazing um, I really like that hyper car. car down here. Yeah. I, I actually do, too. Yeah. That, that, to be fair, the, the, the car that they show that's all jacked up is probably worth 120 grand yeah. right now. <laughs> I mean, it's old, but it's, it's, it's an old roadrunner. Yeah. Uh, but then they show this, this hyper car that probably goes to 300 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and they claim... How do we lose the technology when this is the advancements yeah. that we've had here on Earth? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't believe it's the technology thing. I think it's a. I think it's just a direction that that NASA took because 
it, I mean, and I, I'm not like an expert in this area for sure. Well, so, of course, me neither. But, but all of the the early space missions that were going towards landing on the moon, because I think it was Kennedy. I want to say that it was it was under uh, Kennedy that that we made this really big push. We had to beat the Russians, right? And we couldn't beat them into space. The Russians beat us there. Was that old Sputnik? They put Sputnik, you know, yeah. a, a orbiting around the Earth. That was kind of a embarrassment to the to the u.s and their space program and but we pushed hard to get to the moon we were better at movies back then than they were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the claim you yeah. know but go ahead yeah and and so it, we had these rockets that and i don't even know the name of them ethan maybe you can why don't you look up uh the history of uh the um of like the uh nasa space program and we'll get it like a little bit of a timeline. But there are all these rockets that had the um, the power and the ability to get way outside of, of um, Earth's orbit all the way to the moon. Because we're talking, I don't know, 100,000 miles or something. I can't remember how far the moon is from, right. from the Earth, but I think it's like a couple hundred thousand miles. And low Earth orbit is only a few miles, you know, from the surface. And they were pushing these rockets and be, they had the ability to get that far. And then they switched into this because it was very, very costly. Sure. They, they switched over to the shuttle program and the shuttle program. W- w- there wasn't enough there to get us outside of, you know, of, of the range of this low earth orbit. And we started developing you know, international space station, but that, that shuttle cut the cost of space travel. Right, because shuttle, you could use the same thing over and over again, um, and and but it didn't have the technology to get to the moon. But it and didn't land. have exactly. It didn't have, and yeah, exactly. It didn't have the technology. But it it wasn't because it wasn't they couldn't develop the technology to get there again. It was just because their their mission had changed. Their well, mission also, was to run experiments in zero gravity and to start developing this international space well, station. I also think that the possible issue is is that they didn't get. Um, the permits through the aliens because it's a hollow moon to be allowed to fly into their area and use their landing strips. <laughs> because that's the other claim is that it's, there's, there's aliens on board and that there's yeah. video of, I have seen some compelling video mm-hmm. of off to the side. I mean, this is like, like me looking through my, uh, my, uh, my um, what the hell are those called? I was going to say a microscope, but that's uh, yeah. not it. Yeah. A telescope. A telescope excuse me. <laughs> And and you could see some movement off around the side of the moon, all this stuff. But hmm. but but they even show a, a a spaceship that actually is flying inside the crater, and it opens up and lets it in. It can happen. Is this a James Bond movie? Is that well? <laughs> not is not. It? It's it's one that's coming up in about ten to fifteen years. That is so funny. But you know, there's yeah. so many. I yeah. can't even touch on all of them. But it, yeah. it's but it's a lot of people talk about it. And to be fair, and I might not be pointing all of them out because I see so many of them. That are that will make you step back and wait. Wait a minute. Maybe look about that one. Not the spaceship one, or you know, but some of them, mm-hmm. like like the possibility of them losing the technology, or if they claim that it's too costly, that kind of floors me. Because I mean, to ever try it again, mm-hmm. that kind of floors me because we blow money left and right. We do. You would think that they would be testing that on how to land on Mars. So there's here's an interesting one. I was watching a a program. It's called I want to say it's called Space Camp. And it's it's a really, really cool documentary. It's about these kids that, that go to space camp, and they're learning all of this stuff as um, uh, as a potential of, of, you know, getting this next generation excited about going to Mars. And some different, you know, famous 
people, you know, scientists came on and they were talking about the budget at the time of, I want to say it's like the Gemini program. Ethan, maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but they were talking about the budget for NASA was at 4% of our national budget. 4%. That's extensive. That's massive. Now, of course, our budget's a little, quite a bit bigger now, but they're saying that I think now, at least in like 2016 or something, the budget was 0.4%. Is that right? So that's but a significant trying, Yeah, change. but we're not even trying to, we're barely trying to get out of the atmosphere. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, it, here's the other thing. If so anybody wants to get past it, it's it's personally funded, you know, in a sense. Pri- yeah, private, privately funded. Yeah. So they were talking about the... Um, uh, once the shuttle program, you know, died off, and uh, the, the United States, and I think this was under Barack Obama, said, we, instead of us developing our own rockets, we are going to try and get private industry to compete for the funding to get us into space and to do these things. And what turned out is SpaceX. Yep, there's uh, plenty, not plenty, but enough people to go... I'm on board. Yeah. Well, and you think about Elon Musk and how successful he's been with SpaceX. I mean, you've seen these, Leaps you know, these bounds. rockets take off and then, you know, the, the leftover rockets land on a drone barge out in the middle of the ocean. It is beyond impressive. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, in, in fact, I was watching a little video of it and uh, my daughter, she was like, you know, watching her own little YouTube thing. We were sitting at the dining room table, and I was watching this this thing on, on our, our TV. And she looks up, and she sees this thing, and she's like, <laughs> what is, Dad, what is that? And I was that same way when I saw it the first time. It's an incredible feat to see a rocket take off, you know, with a, you know, spacecraft, split off, and then fall back to Earth and then land upright because it's on a doing barge. what only you've seen in movies for 40, 50, 60 uh-huh. years. So, you know, that's how it's supposed to have worked. Yeah. But never has. Yeah. I mean, we have parachutes. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And or just debris. Yeah. So, it, I mean, really, it's quite the accomplishment. But Elon Musk has actually reduced the cost of, of space flight by, you know, what he's doing right now. I mean, he really, the, the costliest part is to put these rockets together right. and then and then use them one time. They were comparing it to, like, if you were, you know, flying a, you know, commercial uh, airline or something, and that airline had to be destroyed after the first you flight. You replace the wings every <laughs> yeah. time? Yeah. The engines are toast No, the whole, the whole thing would no, have to be replaced. True. That's true. And that would cost, you know, millions of dollars for a passenger to travel right. anywhere but because you can just land it refuel it and off you go again you can get the cost of flight much much lower and you know in our space program that's really been the crux of it is is the cost because it's astronomical yeah and well that's a good one Dave. pun was intended <laughs> <laughs> so you think about getting to the moon ethan look up how far the moon is from the earth i want to say it was like a couple hundred thousand miles and Dude, politicians, I saw that. What was that? Twenty-two point something billion dollars. What was that for? Oh, for the budget. For the budget. Fiscal year. Politicians do cocaine that exceeds that amount. We could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Their drug habits are they much. Are. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So the moon's distance from the Earth is two hundred forty thousand miles. Okay. Now, also look up uh, low Earth orbit. How many miles away from the Earth um, surface is that? Uh, because we're talking about a significant distance past right. our current, you know, what our current goals have been. But Elon Musk, I mean, he's talking about this big old starship. Uh, so the, the moon, What's oh, it so or, low Earth orbit is 1,200 miles. 
That's pretty big dis- difference. Yeah. In yeah. But yeah, I mean, Elon Musk is talking about his, uh, you know, his big, you know, on his Falcon Heavy rocket and uh, and and going to to Mars, and uh, that's how many miles away? Oh my, Mars is. I mean, it takes us. I think uh, eight months. Yeah, I think to, it's between six travel. and eight, depending yeah. on at what point Mars is. Oh, oh. it's only 175 million miles away. <laughs> only. Oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the the difference in in distance to get to these things is pretty significant, and of course, they have to do, you know, the the partial orbits around these different celestial bodies in order to use their gravity to get them right. farther, because in space, there's no like you can't just set you know set off a rocket per, you know per se in space because in order to propel yourself in in that pretty much zero gravity you have to expel something from the you know the the rocket right, it's like right. um i think they're coming up with some other really cool technologies to to Hope get it works but, out yeah <laughs> i hope yeah. when they reach those planets it does what they're supposed to do yeah because well, it, you know it, it's 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 bizarre that you know, people um, know so much about things that are out there, mm-hmm. and and I know they have oh, a lot good of point. good guesses. Mm-hmm. You know, here, here here here's something I'm going to ask, and this is uh, I don't know if it's a flat Earth thing. This is a Dave thing. I'm curious about this. You know, we I, I don't remember how fast we're moving. I, I looked at a, this up a while ago, and we're hauling butt around the the sun very fast, mm-hmm. and. The sun and our whole, we're hauling through space, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very fast. We're hauling through space. Yeah. So I don't know how long really the pyramids were there. I'm just using them as a quick example. But they've been around a long damn time, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they claim at least they have been set to the stars of the alignment of where they have built them. And also people that traveled the seas back in the day utilized the stars for navigation. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we're traveling, traveling, and we're we're outside of their solar systems and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. if we're traveling so damn fast after thousands of years, why are they still in the exact same place? And 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 and, and who's to say that they're not traveling in a different direction because they're traveling? We're all traveling, mm-hmm. and you know. So I know there's this time stuff, and and it's just kind of weird that how when we're all moving, but yet there's things that we could we could. Uh, you know, we that are always there no matter what. Yeah. So this would be my guess. Uh, we're talking starlight, which is, you know, travels at the speed of light. That's pretty. Yeah. And in some cases, some of those stars don't even exist anymore. Right. That's what they say. Uh, because they've already, uh, you know. I guess turned into supernova or whatever and blown apart. And we just haven't and we haven't the end se- of the light yet. And we haven't seen the end of that light yet. We have seen with we have some pretty amazing telescopes to look into deep space and you can see there are um we are currently capturing you know like the explosions of of some of these some of these different stars. Uh, I don't know enough about all of those different stars as far as like navigation and stuff. I think that there is, I mean, because if you think about it, and, and you were talking about earlier, which is, you know, we're moving around the sun. We're also, there's a procession to our planet. So we're, you know, which causes our seasons. And and then we're, our solar system is within 
the Milky Way galaxy, right? And we're so, all and it's and all everyone, traveling. Yeah, and everything is moving. Yeah. So and, I. But I, so, even at that, even at that, because mm-hmm. if the light is here, and even if it's the, still the same stream that it's cut off, regardless, and we're still seeing it, uh-huh. we're still going this way. You would think it would be a fraction off. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. the pyramids are still lined up to it today. <laughs> well, but they're, I, I want to say that the pyramids are lined up to it at certain times of the, of the evening or, or whatever. You know, it's not well, like sure. it's, it's, it's static. That's because we, ro- we rotate. Yeah. But what and I'm saying is, is you would think yeah. that it would eventually be off. Yeah. But when is that going to be? And when we're traveling 400,000 miles an hour, whatever yeah. the hell it is. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and so it's just, it's just some odd things that those, that's what we've utilized to um, travel through the world and they're all there. They're yeah. all still there. If you, which if, ones have gone out? I, I can't I imagine remember. a couple of them have gone out by now. Uh, who's disappeared. The, who's the, um, I can't remember the guy's full name, but Hubble, he, he studied all of this stuff. And, uh, of course we named a telescope after him and there's been other folks that are studying the stars. I mean, they, they track the movements of the stars. That's how, in some cases they figure out whether something is a planet or not because they can see it moving, and so they'll track different positions in space. Now, as far as, like, uh, you know, navigation, I'm sure that we're talking really, really bright stars, which would be equivalent to, like, our sun or, you know, a sun. Our sun's tiny compared to the rest of them, it seems like. Yeah. That's from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Assuming they know. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, so they, they do. They, they spend a lot of time tracking to see if things move, because that gives them some 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 data to you know see well what is our speed with, with relative to these other things so it's not like things are sta- have stayed in the same position but like like you think the north star would be a little bit north like, northeast at this point yeah you know <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm not saying after uh-huh. like a year that goes by going uh-huh. i'm making this up i, I know uh-huh. it's hundred thousands of miles an hour yeah yeah of us going in a i imagine a certain direction and when are we going to hit something, too? But anyways, you know... <laughs> or maybe we have. Yeah, no, that's possible. I mean, where did the dinosaurs go? Well, I was going to say, maybe there was a big <laughs> bang that happened from that. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just weird to me that, 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 you know, we're not going slow. Maybe it's mm-hmm. slow in the whole uh, existence of space. Mm-hmm. But when anything's moving, it doesn't stay put. You know, it doesn't, whether we're rotating, it doesn't come back around, that's realign itself. Yeah. After so long. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird. Ethan, see if you can figure out who discovered that the universe is still expanding. Because uh, this is one of the ways that they figured it so out. Let me ask you this. By tracking. If the universe is expanding, what is it expanding into? <laughs> oh gosh, Dave, you're gonna you're gonna push my brain too far here. Well, you know, <laughs> that's pretty sad if I could push anybody's brain. But 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 that's my point is is what the hell? And and then and then what are there stars yeah. that that get created in between that when the space you know expands? Does nothing expand to it like these stars? More, more they, they don't multiply. Space. Yeah, more open space. Or, well, I guess maybe. I mean, you get you get some major explosion of some star, and you get enough debris and energy that maybe that. But you'd almost you would almost think else. that the the space would have to hit something to make that happen, not expand into from nothing. Well, expand to from expand nothingness into nothingness <laughs> to make it more. <laughs> There's it, steam I, coming out of your head right now. Okay, you know, you your brain that? is going overtime. It, it's it's um, <laughs> you know you know I know some people's like oh you really don't want to know the answer. It's going to be too much for it. But you know. <laughs> 
it'd be really cool to really know what it is. And mm-hmm. and and that's why Steam will do. <laughs> when I grab when I grab the knee pads when I'm going up up to do some work when I go to put them on which one's left which one's right that creates steam to be fair out of my head okay I'm like I get confused over even that but it's funny but I get confused of of what's going on in our own planet so you know when I think mm-hmm. about that and people that give us tell us what it is it it, it I, I call BS on so much of it because yeah. all they're in my opinion which is probably right um, is that that they're just given <laughs> their best guesses. And they could be right. I'm not saying they can't be wrong, right, but I'm also saying they could be wrong, too. Mm-hmm. But you don't even know what the hell's going on underneath our feet, and you're telling me what's going on farther than any life. You can't even live long enough to get to that, especially with the technology you have to get there to even say, hey, I was right. Yeah. So it is doing this. I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't claim to be an expert. I'm very fascinated by this stuff. I, you, I can tell you've got a major curiosity here. Sure. Um, for me, I, I try and listen to as many different opinions of it. I love watching these documentaries. This uh, Space Camp one that I was watching, very, very fascinating. Some things I was like, it doesn't quite make sense to me, but um, but I just, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, and I keep on exploring and, and trying to learn a little bit more about it. Uh, Ethan had a, a thing on here. Edwin Hubble was the guy. So, you know, Oh, Edwin. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was the guy who, with some other scientists, uh, discovered that the... Um, that things are still expanding. But anyway, um, but the thing is, is that I don't know enough. You had made a, a point about how in the world do, do folks even know what a planet is made out of? How do they know what the core is? And, and I go, I don't really know. I know they're the very basics of how they, they sort of think that there are certain components or materials within a, within a planet, uh, even, even our moon. There are so many different... I mean, you work in an industry where you use high-tech equipment to measure things. Mm-hmm. And in science, especially with NASA, they've developed so many different instruments to measure different things. Chemical compounds, you know, they talk about the, the Mars rovers and, and the, the stuff that they're picking up out of the ground or drilling. But or that, They're or, actually there now. Well, to but, to... but I'm just saying that the sensors that they develop, that's just one example of some of the sensors. But there's also sensors. Some of these telescopes have all of these different abilities to check different types of, of you know, radio frequencies, the light. Um, they listen. I mean, there's so many other technologies that would be considered like sensors. And they can make some certain assumptions about a planet based on what different sensors are coming back with. And I don't know all of it for sure, but I just know that there's technology that exists that gives us a little bit of a clue. Now, does that mean that it's definitive made of whatever material? Well, I don't think so. I know. it. <laughs> like, like, like they don't point it inward and look and see what we have. Like, they could tell, and I'm not saying that it is or isn't, okay? Yeah. How would I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, Jupiter's a big ball of gas, apparently, and people are like, can you fly through Jupiter if it was a ball of gas? What would have happened if you lit it with a match, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> um, uh-huh. and they happen to know what gas it is, too. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, how do you, how how do do you, you know? know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would... I'd like to play along. I really mm-hmm. would, but I, I'm a person that really would... I, I like facts an awful lot, you know? Yeah. And so I would be like... I get that you have a, a something that senses something, but when you're that far off, you know how how do you really tell what um, what it is that you're really looking at? Like mm-hmm. like what was it that we were talking about uh, this morning about what was it Mercury? 
Yeah. And, it, and it, it's, it's encrusted of diamonds and, <laughs> and it's like, it's made of, of, uh, uh, of enough pure carbon that an impact should create enough pressure to create diamonds. To create diamonds. That, that was the rumor that I heard. Yeah. And, and I was like, <laughs> well, that's really cool, but I want to challenge you. How do you really what, know? What's 20 miles underneath our, I mean, just, just, uh, just a sliver our underneath planet. our own. Yeah. You know? So I know you could guesstimate. I know we've talked about it before, so I'm not trying to get it all into it again, but, you know, you can't really tell me if the core, what the really core of, you could give me a good hypothesis, and you could be right about what the core of our planet is, mm-hmm. but you can't really tell me for sure because nobody's been there. I mean, I've I seen think, a couple movies. I think a way um, that they, they do it is they, they kind of create, you know, some sort of hypothesis. They kind of guess what, mm-hmm. what they think it is, and then, then they go out and they try and test that. And if they find data that would um, uh, negate that, then they got to reformulate their hypothesis. So it's not like they have all of this data that confirms it 100%, but in many cases, they don't have enough data to yeah. confirm that it's not but, that way. Yeah, but they still teach it like it's real. You oh, know? sure. That, that's the unfortunate thing is... Oh, sure, so, yeah. But, but that's, that's the, you know, when everything's open, in my opinion, is everything's open-ended. No, there's, there's hardly any def- anything... The deeper you go in curiosity, it's more open-ended. Yeah, Some it, good. I'm glad that they have the ideas because if we don't, we can't even broaden our minds to what it could even be. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I love that. You know, the moon was what cheese at one point, <laughs> you know, but it yeah. got us thinking. You know, mm-hmm. and and so I, I appreciate that. But man, I can't. I cannot sit there and go, and let's just say, teach my kid. Because I know, right, I know what it is. You know, I, I could go out there and tell you what my driveway is mad of, mm-hmm. you know, because I could go touch it. Yeah. You know. Okay, so here's an interesting one. So we had, um, early on, we had a podcast where we were kind of talking about Mars. And uh, and we, as a civilization, had a lot of assumptions about what Mars was made out of, um, what the planet looked like, uh, if there was any civilizations once there, or any, any of that those things. and so there's a whole bunch of hypotheses created to kind of guess, well, what, what could it be? And then they started doing these different flyovers and they gathered more and more data. And then eventually we landed rovers on there to actually test. And turns out that we were right about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And how did they come up with these things originally? You know, what sensors were used? You know, were they just looking through a telescope or were there other things other ways of gathering information uh and i of course i don't know enough about it to say what those things were but they're confirming i get impressed by the things that have been been confirmed Mm -hmm. because of how they do it but you know really truly and and i can understand seeing things on the surface i could i get that to Mm -hmm. a point yeah but man you tell me that they know like venus or or uranus Uranus. I'm gonna get that right. <laughs> I don't want you to have to bleep anything out. And I screw up and say your anus uh, or anything I, like I, that. I stopped bleeping your stuff out a long time ago. Well, you don't have that kind of time. So, um, but to tell me the 47 layers of it's like, yeah. oh, come yeah, on, how, you how threw you really in know? six of those layers uh, just 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 in case. Well, so um, some of the things, and again, I don't know a lot about this, but in some some cases, you can see the results of some activity like for instance you can see if there's a volcano and what potentially it is erupting and they can make some assumptions based on prior information 
what would cause a volcano to be created, erupt, and what the results might be. And so you can make some assumptions on another planet based on information sure. that we know about our own. And, you know, I, I want to say, <clears throat> um, I can't remember which planet it was recently. Um, I, I can't remember. Anyway, it was, it was on this, um, it was on the space camp documentary and they were talking about the early photos and I want to say maybe it was Mars. I, I can't even remember. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that it was from the, the two probes that were sent out and I can't remember their names now. Um, Probe one and probe two. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> people on the podcast are like, oh, it's this, and I'm going, I don't know. Uh, Producer Ethan, look it up. There's two two probes that were sent out, and uh, are you talking about to Mars? And they, yeah, one of them has, uh, or maybe even both of them, have actually exited our solar system now, and I can't remember the name of them, but it's not uh, it's not Mars, Ethan. These are. Oh, they just did flybys. Yeah. I remember, sure. And there was a, a, a Star Trek movie that was based on one of these things being, um, turning into some intelligent life. <laughs> I wonder where Elon's car is at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think it was like Voyager. Yeah, I think it was Voyager, Ethan. That's what I'm guessing, is it's Voyager 1, Voyager 2. Anyway, these things, they took pictures at different times, um, of, I think of some planets, and I don't know if it was Mars, but they saw two different perspectives, and it showed volcanic activity. Like, they saw plumes of, of things mm-hmm. being, you know, pushed up through the, the surface of the planet. And uh, and I just thought that's kind of an interesting thing, because you just seeing that, you can start making some assumptions about what the surface might might be like or below the surface might be like because you think about like how plate tectonics start to mm-hmm. push and create hot magma and by the similarities of our own planet mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so again i i don't know the details of all this stuff but these little nuggets then gets my brain thinking about how is it possible that they that they can get all this other information right. and claim it to be this way I mean, I get that they're smart. I know that they split atoms and stuff before. You know, I get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's 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 a little bit too much for me to jump on board every single time they say that they've found a planet and they think it's another Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How do they really know? You know, you're jumping to a whole lot of conclusions, you know. And, uh, but this is where I, I go. I see those things, and I want to hear how do they know that? And oh then, yeah, and I they very know more. rarely, yeah. How do they? They very rarely ever put the details of how they believe these things to be true. And there's a, probably a reason because if they, it, mean, what, if they could, <laughs> if it really was, it would be you know front and center. It would be mm-hmm. talked more about, not yeah. just you and I essentially just questioning. Yeah, you know. Uh, Dave, let's take a quick break. I want to talk a little bit more about like human space travel like the potential of maybe in our lifetime. Oh, all right. Sounds good. Sound good? Okay, we'll be right back. Dave and I appreciate you listening to the show. Please take a moment and write a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. And since Spotify doesn't currently have reviews, simply telling your friends about the show would be great too. Also, you can always reach out to us at our website, nevertoserious.com, or via our socials at the NTS Podcast. And seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks again for listening to the show. 
All right, we we are back. Yes, we are. Uh, so you were, hold on. You want to talk about human beings now? I do. So, in, so we ha, we know that people have kind of reached into outer space a little bit with these travels that they've done, mm-hmm. and that, that's a big that's some big leaps and bounds. So you're talking about uh, like essentially doing what Elon wants to do. Yeah. All right. What you got? Well, William Shatner. Mm-hmm. You know my my dear mother. She's in the audience today talking about uh, space stuff, and she was talking about didn't uh, William Shatner? Yeah, 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 he did. Blue Origin took him up. So Captain Kirk actually made it into space. Yep, yep. Which is a pretty cool thing because he's—I want to say he was like in his upper 80s or maybe 90s. Yeah, he's, he's an old he's sob. Yeah, and cool as hell. I will tell you, yeah. William Shatner's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, but he—you know—him being such an old guy, I don't. I mean, normally under uh, our history of space travel, you would need someone who has a certain physical capabilities. Fit as hell, gone through all of these um, uh, tests. You mm-hmm. remember the zero gravity tests and the G force tests, uh-huh. and you have to have these certain suits to keep your bones and body and stuff <laughs> to stay put. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. you could send up any fat dude you want up there. Yeah. William Jatner is not in a great shape, and no. again, he said he, I think he is like ninety, yeah. if not close to it. So yeah, that it's a big deal that anybody could just if you want to go, just go. Yeah, have have the well, money, money or the you know the support from some rich person. Uh, there he is, 90, 90 years old, William Shatner. And he looks um, fantastic. He, he's pretty good shape for, for a 90-year-old. But that still being said, the technology that we have to send people into space is improving to the point where it doesn't require someone who used to be a fighter pilot, you know, or have, you know, some some crazy physical capabilities, yeah. you know, or be a scientific mind. And you can even unbuckle when you get up there and check stuff out. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I I agree. You, you could, and I think wouldn't this, take much to go the next next distance. Well, I think this is partly in that we have these commercial capabilities, these uh, private companies that are now like SpaceX and Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. These are companies now that have the uh, the capability of doing what they want to do. I'm not sure how much the FAA has in regulatory power over doing these sort of things. But just seeing that normal people, I mean, normal in quotes, rich people, have the ability to get into space, that's, that's a pretty significant step At this step point, forward. this should be a different ba- boundaries of the FAA. Like, dude, you don't have any say over here. Yeah, once you get out of low Earth orbit. Yeah, you, you know, you, who the hell are you guys? <laughs> yeah. We're doing stuff beyond your ability. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're just going to take, we're, you can't, with the FAA, good luck di- taking leaps and bounds. Yeah, we're going to answer to Xenu from now on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Even <laughs> uh, look up, there's a, a SpaceX documentary uh, that came out recently, and uh, and they took up, so, <laughs> they took up a whole bunch of people that were just like private citizens, mm-hmm. and one of them was like a cancer patient survivor. That it, it turned out to be this big fundraiser. They did like matching funds and, well, and it some must other have things. Been a big fundraiser because it's spendy. Yeah, yeah. And Elon Musk, he you know was a big big part of being able to make this thing this thing happen. And you know they only got out to, you know far enough to you know orbit the planet. But all of the plans are to create this opportunity for normal people to then go to to Mars. And there's a lot of problems with that kind of distance. Because I think, didn't we say six to eight months yeah. to be able to get to Mars? Yeah. And all of the issues of not only getting off our planet, but then landing 
on the other planet successfully. Yeah, and then getting off of the getting ship off and doing of the... something else, <laughs> or even getting off of that planet because it's think outrageously the... cold, isn't it? I think it is outrageously cold. It's it's not like a cold Arizona desert. It's far worse. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like Minnesota. You're fine. <laughs> you could live. It's like Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, if it were red. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I think I think that the amount of fuel that it takes just to get off our planet is is enormous, and then you have to slingshot around. I I don't know if it's our moon that we, they would use some sort of gravitational slingshot uh, then to get to to Mars, and Mars has to be. I want to say it's like every 20 something months is, is within a close enough range to make it a six to eight month journey mm-hmm. to the planet. So it's not like you can just turn around and come back and decide, right. Oh, I not, I decided I changed my mind. You right. gotta, you gotta be fully committed, but to travel six months in a, a, you know, a space shuttle or a spaceship or something. And it's not like the, what does that look like? Right. It would be one thing if it was like uh, the starship enterprise. You know, you go down to the dining room and you have all your, it's like, it's like a, it's yeah, like a, a love nice, boat. They have a nice like bar down there. Right. Yeah, but no, this is going to be a tiny capsule that people are going to, yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. some space movies where people start going nutty and start killing off half the crew. <laughs> there's, there's like two people left to get to the planet and, and they hate each other, trying to off each other. And they're both probably two dudes. So it's not like they could even repopulate the planet. They'll try though. But, um, it's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, a. Uh, It'd be scary. I'd probably. I, it's so weird because I know we've talked about it. And I would. I would love to be able to go do something like that, but not. I don't want to go there to knowingly to die. I would want a good plan. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd be. I want to be on this first ship. Uh, you know, because somebody's going to go. Oh, red wire goes to the red wire, blue wire. Oh, I, I screwed that one up. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be a hiccup. Yeah. Well, I think you it know, can't for, be perfect for the first few flights. They've got to have some expertise they got to be able to troubleshoot and fix issues as you know but you know one of the first 20 them. people on the planet you'd be always you know high society there right if you're like the eighth and 20th or 300th you're just another peon yeah you're not like established member of mars i think you i think they would have to send like supply ships to mars ahead of time make sure that they can get their land and be available for whoever takes that first flight to Mars because there are no resources on Mars. I mean there's there's nothing. nothing. And and that planet doesn't have the protections uh like Earth has. There's no magnetic field. You know, you're getting solar rays like so crazy. Let me, let me ask you because we may have talked about this, so sorry if we're being redundant here, but why Mars then? What what's the why do why do people want Mars? Is it because it's within reach? It's, it's the most Earth-like planet within, you know, reach. Earth-like, I mean, but there's nothing there. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Earth, if we had like a nuclear holocaust, <laughs> and then like, and a hundred years go by and nothing has ever grown. I mean, that, it's, yeah. it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah, Arizona yeah. desert. Yeah, and all that radiation absolutely is, you know? is there. Um, there's, not, there's not really any uh, atmosphere to speak of, and, but you can see... That is very Earth-like. The temperatures are extreme. The weather in like the windstorms and stuff can be really extreme. Right. There's not a lot of protection from space junk falling, you know, down on, onto the planet. There's not a much protection from the solar, uh, you know, the solar radiation that's hitting the planet, and uh, and and there's no natural resources that can be utilized at this point. Now they do say that they have ice water. 
at the polls. So I don't know if that means that would be an area that they would want to try and land or they just provide their own resources with, you know, whatever, with, you know, pre, you know, loading the planet with, uh, yeah. with other resources. But I'm shocked they haven't tried to send a couple of nukes over there to thaw it out. <laughs> well, I think Elon Musk had talked about, you know, what would it take to terraform the planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we, we talked about that. We did talk about Yeah, you have to send up uh, nuclear bombs one after another after another for years in order to provide enough, um, um, I, I, the potential to create an atmosphere. And then you want to go land there and die in three months because of all the radiation. <laughs> all the radiation. <laughs> I'm not sure which would be worse, the uh, nuclear fallout radiation or uh, the sun radiation. It's like, I made it, Ma! <laughs> oh. Well, we had three talked, days later. Um, we talked about uh, 3D printing a long time ago and how the technology is improving well enough to do 3D printed houses. Yeah. So you could you could probably create you know, some sort of device that is large enough to then create on its own autonomously these these structures to house your Yeah, and there's a Martians. lot of earth there to do that, but you need a mm-hmm. ton of water to probably make that happen. Well, yeah, I don't know what, what materials that they would they would use, but yeah, yeah there's got to be something, you know, there has to be some liquid. What they need to do is, maybe they already are trying to, hmm? Hmm? genetically modify us. So we could go there and not have to utilize some of this stuff. See? We'd be no, better I, off. <laughs> it might be easier to genetically... Mar- I think China's working on it. They probably are. <laughs> well, because they want to get to Mars, too. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Want to mess yeah. with our crap. <laughs> yeah, well, they've sent some stuff over there. Yeah. They probably sent the, the coronavirus over there, too, just to piss everybody <laughs> off that gets there. Well, the, the, the idea that we could send people there... Uh, fascinates me to think about how how you could actually make that happen. I really think the supply thing would be really important. Using the technology that we have right now to create stuff without us being there. Well, you've seen those robotic dog looking things, right? And those, yeah, they can launch a ton of those out there <laughs> to help support you and doing the things you got to do and you know get you around. But you know, just having the the any country, be honest with you, that has rovers over there is impressive enough as it is. And if you could have a rover over there, they can send one of us over there. I'm curious about how advanced those, those I think the Boston Dynamics, yep. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, those robots are at doing different things. One of the issues that we run into with, with Mars is just it's so far away. It takes, I want to say it's like a 20-minute round trip to communicate. Like all those rovers that, that right? we have, we pre-program them and they send back stuff to us and then we program them again. And I want to say that they, I want to say that they even have like test, you know, robots here that they test out those, the programs with before they send them to the rovers officially to, right. to then accomplish their well, missions. Well, you, know, you know, the whole situation that I talked about earlier about, you know, did we even go to to the moon? Yeah. Well, they have video of, and they, they took a picture of all these Mars uh, pictures that we got from the rover. Uh-huh. And then they also took a picture of all these space people with, you know, out there in Arizona flats. And it looks <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, that's all it takes is this picture and that picture. And they're like, wait a minute. They're trying to pull a fast one like they did with the moon. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. probably the same people, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it is so out there it really is mm-hmm. and it's so hard to believe or understand not even necessarily believe but it's so hard to understand 
that it, it, it's almost easier to go to make up some other parallel that is happening because it's beyond our understanding. Yeah. And I could get that. And there are far smarter people out there than even some of the smartest people that we know that could understand things and, and, and create paths to, sorry to say it again, but better understanding of, of what goes on. So I do know that just because I can't grasp it doesn't mean it's not real or yeah. exist. But, you know, I do know that most of the things that we talk about or we see or we teach, and I do mean probably most, they are mostly hypotheses that have not been 100%, maybe very close. We may not even get to 100%. You right, know? right. And so I, I take that as which allows me to have a little bit of fun with some of these topics yeah. because what it's, it's not even the, that the fun and that they could be wrong. It's the, it's where it goes from there. It, it makes it very interesting and how crazy because, you know, it doesn't it make you though, want to learn more about it well, to understand exactly those right. little things. That, that's why I kind of appreciative. Yeah. I appreciate the people that have their hypothesis and believe it or not, these crazy flat earthers, it gives me something to think about. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, why is the water? Here's another one. Yeah. The, you know, sh- why is the water rounded if it's when it's actually flat? You know, in in you know, I know there's mm-hmm. gravity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or why does the sun reflect off the water this direction, not mm-hmm. in an arc, if you will? I'm like, oh well, you know. There's there's a series called Cosmos. There's mm-hmm. actually there's two. You've series. talked about that a few times. Yeah, uh, one of them, uh, Carl Sagan. He he was the person who did the first presentation, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson did the second one. And the second one, uh, more modern, the the like the CGI in it is fantastic. It really gives you a pretty good picture of of what they're trying to explain to you. You know, sometimes it's hard to you know watch some of the old stuff, and you know the animation is kind of ugly, and it doesn't you know it, it might make you more curious, but it doesn't really answer questions for you. In this one, I think they do such a fantastic job of of trying to illustrate the concepts that that they're talking about because you know there are people there are scientists who this is their entire life this is they've dedicated everything to it and we're out here you know we do our day job we do the podcast you know it's like we're not dedicating much three minutes i'm like you're full of shit you know nothing it's like you don't know what i put into this yeah yeah Yeah. exactly so you know and and so i don't want to try and you know I don't want to make it sound like I know more than them because it's obviously not true. And I I agree with that. But but, but watching the cos the Cosmos series, it 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 sparks the interest, the curiosity that you have right now. You're going to be even more curious if you watch that that series. It's quite a few different segments. Um, to for, I don't even know how many. I have it on DVD, believe it or not. But they have had it streaming on on Netflix for right, a while, right. and they had it in some other places. And uh, but it's so fascinating because it really does kind of answer some of those questions that I you know I've kind of go well that doesn't make much sense to me and then they explain it a different way and it's like oh okay well that that kind of takes care of that but then it always creates those additional questions okay right, well if exactly. that is the case then how does this fit into it um, my uh, let's see great 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 uncle Edmund Halley um, he he hung out with folks like Newton and he was a mathematician and he, he was the first one to calculate the return of Halley's Comet. At the time it wasn't called Halley's Comet. It was something else, (laughs) but eventually they named the comet after him. And yes, it is pronounced Halley, not Haley. 
Um, See, and now we got to dig into that. <laughs> but <BS. laughs> but uh, in Cosmos, he's featured in it, and hmm. so you get to, and and it's really about Newton, and um, and he's a, like a side character in there because Newton was brilliant, and and so Edmund Halley was working through these different mathematical uh, equations, trying to figure out, you know, some of the stuff that Newton just like quickly figured out and and right. created well, all this mathematics to support everybody's it. the same but everybody's different you know you buy a box of lights right and i go put them in all the lamps around here mm-hmm. and i can sit here i'm not saying that this is how they got smarter <laughs> sit there and start tapping on them bink 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 and one of them will get a little bit brighter than the other <laughs> and some of them mm-hmm. some of those light bulbs will be a little brighter a than little, some of them a little bit dimmer might have to smack them around <laughs> a little bit but they do but they they mm-hmm. they think differently and yeah. thank god we're not all the same yeah you know i mean thank god yeah. well <laughs> oh, and it, it's such a weird time there's some dumb people out there like way back in the day science was really it, it was kind of like frowned upon by the religious establishment at the time because they they felt like it was a challenge to their their theology, and so a lot of these these scientists couldn't come out and say certain things for fear of of you know getting in trouble backlash you know of, backlash of from from the religious institutions. And, and most of those people are religious too, so yeah. like it would it would be backlash from their yeah their their family, but and as friends you, and peers, yeah. But as you exactly as you kind of go through time we're now in a, a place where we have so many scientists who are studying so many different things and you don't have that same that same pressure and so you're starting to see discoveries that are um, contrary to old belief systems and that then sparks on those additional questions right. and that's why i think today is some of the best days to be interested in any of the scientific stuff. Right, instead of sitting there and just not even, people don't even pay attention to an example as a light bulb mm-hmm. or how it got here or what it does or what it takes to achieve light in your house. Yeah. It's a big damn deal that we could go in here and flip a switch and light up the place. Yeah. But nobody cares, yeah. you know, but it, it takes some special people, the brighter bulbs in the, in the box to be able to go, wait a minute, how and why? Because mm-hmm. even if, if there's something that's created doubt, and even if they dig in and find out that it's still true, but they've enlightened them themselves and energized themselves to uh, look past it and maybe even create something else new that goes along with what they're looking at. So it's, it, uh, that's why I don't like everything to be so definitive when we all know it's open-ended. It, you could be really close to exactly accurate. What mm-hmm. if there's one more layer? What if they have examples, the whole earth, they have the whole, you know, levels or layers of the earth all the way down to the core. What if there's one more layer in the core they didn't think about? Yeah. And, you know, so I hate, I hate closing the door on anything because I want somebody to still think about it. Yeah. You know, uh, fine tune what everybody's thoughts are because we're all capable of, misinterpreting and or I think that's the beauty of the scientific method is that is that you you constantly have discovery once you find something that seems pretty solid um other people want to disprove it challenge it challenge right. it absolutely and and sometimes that challenge um doesn't really succeed until many many years down the road when maybe certain scientific instruments have been created right. to then prove whether something uh, right. was was right or wrong i was uh, i was talking to your daughter a few days back and i said yeah we're gonna talk about she was asking about the podcast and i said yeah we're gonna talk about some space stuff and uh and so i said 
uh, I was talking to her and, and my daughter. I'm like, so is this a topic that you're interested in? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and Brooklyn rolls her eyes. <laughs> nope, she's not interested. And your daughter wasn't interested either. And so I was like, why is it that we have a generation of, of kids right now that are totally not interested in space? Because when I was a kid... They don't care that we're uh, literally a rock <laughs> on it, mm-hmm. hauling balls through the space. Uh-huh. That's amazing. It is amazing. But when I was a kid, I was I was fascinated by space. We were, you know, the space shuttle was a, was a big deal. Right. Going to the moon was a big deal. The the astronauts were were heroes. It was. It was a, a time big... that ever brought everybody together yeah. in the country too. And now we have access to. Watching the flights of SpaceX, and the their kids launches, are like, and they're not even paying attention. It's now, not exciting are, enough. There is like a small segment, I think, that are you know nerdy enough to to you know be fascinated by it and pursue it. The Space Camp documentary showed you know a bunch of kids that were really fast. I mean, this is what they wanted to they wanted their life to be like is pursuing this right. pursuit this this thing. Um, but in general, even even at uh, you know the the you know, I do track practice with high school age kids. They're not interested in either. They they're far more interested in you know whatever social media is doing or or uh, you know, can you buy me a, uh, a, some beer? Yeah, <laughs> the shoulder tap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're still doing that. I don't know if that's a big deal to them anymore either. Uh, yeah, but you know they're not they're not necessarily fascinated about it either. And and I think in order for us to get to some other planet like like Mars. There has to be an excitement in these generations well, that want to pursue that because it's not something that you could just spend four years in college and suddenly this is what you do. There's so much more discovery and so much more planning and building engineering right. of things. We have to have these younger generations be excited about it and then pursue it with many, many years. Well, exactly. So like going like going to the moon was a huge deal to our country and and if i could even dare say the world mm-hmm. but you know they haven't gone back for so many years and mm-hmm. i thought regardless of the money because we blow money on everything so what's it, who cares about the cost of it but to be able to do that again and we would learn every time we would go back you would think it would be easier the second time and cheaper the second time you know but um the only time anybody got peak their interest again was mars mm-hmm. and that still isn't even enough to like get people crazy yeah only a select you know bunch but still you would think that everybody would stop for a minute and go wait a minute how long we landed a robot on mars and we are communicating with that robot that doesn't freak people out in a positive <laughs> way yeah. or any anyway be honest with you mm-hmm. that's a huge feat people yeah do you, do you think uh do you think we're gonna have humans on mars in our lifetime in my lifetime I won't say, I'll say your lifetime. Yeah, probably in your <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> I don't know if I want to live that You're long. You're going to be around. But I would say in 20 years, because Elon, I, I have to go with Elon. I don't think anybody's going to catch up with him and surpass him. I think he's ahead of the game and all this. But mm-hmm. regardless, I, uh, I, I feel that in my life, I'm going to at least see somebody attempt to get a crew and say, we're heading there. Yeah. So, because every day with technology... You, you know, you come out with a, a cell phone, just a couple more years, and now you have a freaking smartphone. And then a couple more, you know, I mean, it just, mm-hmm. the technology quadruples itself the next step. It doesn't like, and I'm, I'm probably underselling it, it doesn't just like double what it can do. It, it, it goes beyond, beyond. So mm-hmm. 
I, I think that uh, whatever's in the works, we don't even know about it. You yeah. Know? Uh, my my guess is that is that yeah, in our lifetime, there's going to be humans on on well, Mars. I think about... Elon with his his boring uh, tunneling company. Um, I think that technology has actually. I don't even know if it's been talked about, but I think that technology could be used on Mars. Absolutely. So I, you know, here's here's this too, and I believe it's true. Um, again, I don't care if it is or isn't. So I'm talking about all kinds of stuff today. Mm-hmm. That uh, that there has been a patent from the U.S. in 2016. They uh, issued to get a patent, and it got, and and they actually got it. Um, in 2018, what's that called? When they were issued the pat the patent on a on a, a spaceship, a UFO, mm-hmm. and they talked like, like about, a design, yeah, mm-hmm. and they talked about how it works and all this stuff. And they actually there's actually a patent out there. Hmm, interesting. And so you know, again, you you and I have also discussed that whatever we see might be just the tip of the iceberg. We only whatever we see, there's probably something else crazy going on. And we've seen some UFOs that do exist. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who whose they are, and I I just I I personally believe they're of this earth, so somebody's out there doing some shit. Yeah, and we don't know what's really capable. I saw this new thing. I don't think it's really for real yet, but it's a different way to get rockets into space. And they literally do. Uh, picture this: you're a track guy. The uh, the way they do discus, the way they do shot put, mm-hmm. they don't just go up there and huck it like a frisbee. Mm-hmm. They go, they circle, 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 spin, 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 and mm-hmm. give it momentum. Well, that's what they're doing mm-hmm. with these rockets and spinning around really fast and launch them way mm-hmm. up in the in the air. Interesting. And then they will ignite and take yeah. off from there. But they're yeah. they're they're doing leaps and bounds of well, it's technology. Like, uh, Virgin Galactic, you know, they mm-hmm. they fly up there with a plane and then they launch from you know I don't know how many thousand feet above the earth uh they fire off and take off the rest of the yeah, way but yeah. you know, uh, it's such an interesting topic um anything else you want to add before we close out boy you know there's too much scott we can't do it all in an hour yeah well you know what maybe maybe we can watch some of the cosmos stuff and we'll talk about maybe yeah, some other scientific like things because there's so many things out there that people talk about and so much, it, so much of it is bs yeah but it's still intriguing bs and i like to talk about it because Within that whole bucket of BS, there might be a couple of things in there that, ooh, they could be right about. Okay, so. well, we're going to plan a adult beverage and cigar night, and we'll watch Cosmos, oh, no. and we'll nerd out. <laughs> no, let's just not push, re- don't push record on our, that one. Our wives are going to divorce us. So it shall be done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a price we have to pay. Yeah. All right, uh, thanks for listening and watching. You can catch more of the show on any podcast platform that you prefer. Uh, catch the video version on YouTube, Rumble, and on Spotify. Yep. More information on our website. Never2Series.com. And send us an email. At mailbag at Never2Series.com. And until we see you next time, take care. And be safe. <laughs>